Siblings on Record, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Damn the Torpedoes. I'm Aaron Martell. And I'm Shannon Fleming, Aaron's little sister. And welcome to Siblings on Record, a podcast where one of us picks a musical album and together we spend the episode discussing it and analyzing it. This week it's my pick and I have selected Damn the Torpedoes by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Before we get into the episode, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the tragedy of the mass shooting in Las Vegas that occurred two weeks ago from the time of this recording. We at Siblings on Record send all of our thoughts and prayers to everyone affected by the tragedy. And then after that, the very next day, we got the news that Tom Petty had passed away at age 66. I was devastated by this news. I didn't see it coming. I don't think anybody did. What about you, Shannon? How do you feel? Um, it was it was incredibly shocking. I mean, again, it's, it's almost like a Bowie type of shock. Like, you know, I didn't know anything was wrong with him. And... The other part of it is, is is that I don't think people quite realized the contributions he made. There are so many, so many songs that were just so profound and beautiful that, that he did. And it's just wild. Now that he's gone, it's like you really feel it. <laughs> yeah, I noticed after his death, too, like on other podcasts and just the media in general, everybody's popping up out of the woodwork because it's sort of like you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yes. And, you know, how many hit songs this guy had, like you said, how important he was to American music in general. And I don't think we yes. really realized it until this hit us. Yeah, it's, it's true. I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. I mean, I think that's really describing Tom Petty because he wasn't like in your face. He, he didn't have like an ego that was so big that you saw him, you know, everywhere. He just kind of was like there and, and his music was always there. Yeah. And now that he's Almost gone, our it's entire lives. Yes, I mean, exactly. We're talking the past 40 years, this guy's I know. recording. It's incredible when you stop and consider it. Yeah. And this isn't the first thought that, you know, people have been talking about this too. It's almost like we took him for granted. You know yes. I mean? That's said this episode we're going to celebrate one of his great albums so let's get into it shannon how did you discover tom petty and the heartbreakers and how did you come across this album in particular well it's kind of funny when i think about it the first time i really noticed tom petty and the heartbreakers was around i guess i must have been around nine or ten years old and of course i can credit mtv with this okay yeah um there there was a video called don't come around here Don't come around and here no more, yeah. Don't come around here no more. And it's a bizarre, surreal Alice in Wonderland video. <laughs> it's hilarious. And the song itself it is. is pretty funny. I actually like that song a lot. I do too. But now that I think about it, we always knew who they were. They were always on the radio. Yes. I mean, they were around since the late 70s. I just don't think I realized, again, talking about like taking him for granted and, and whatnot, he was always there. He always had a number one hit someplace. But the first time I ever really noticed him was the video. For me, I remember the song Refugee. I remember hearing that song on the radio, but I, mm-hmm. and I liked it. I didn't connect it to Tom Petty, though. I didn't like connect it, the artist with the music. The first time I heard his music and connected 
added the artist to the music was a song called Change of Heart. It's on the Long After Dark album. I still love that song to this day. It's still like in my top five Tom Petty mm-hmm. songs. It just grabbed me. The riff grabbed me and the hookiness of it. And after that, I paid attention to when Tom Petty put out music. But I never bought any of his records. It's just one of those things where he just kept putting out music and had yes. hits. And you heard the hits. You always liked the song. Who doesn't like Tom Petty? Everybody likes Nobody. Him. Everybody I've ever met knows who he was and everybody likes him. I'm going to bring this up and it's going to sound funny when I initially say it. He's almost like the Beatles in that everybody likes yes. at least one Tom Petty song. I totally agree with that. And it's and how ironic that he ended up working with a couple of the Beatles. <laughs> it's, it's, Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool when you think about it. Sure. <laughs> but even when he did like Full Moon Fever, he had Ringo Starr there too. And it's cool that you brought up Full Moon Fever because that's the first Petty album I bought. I couldn't hold back any longer. You know, he had a bunch of hits off that album. And oh like, my God, I guess. I finally broke down. I'm like, I got to get this record. I got it. I loved it. And right after mm-hmm. that, I'm like, I've got to acquire this guy's catalog. And as I usually do, I, you know, slowly went back and got him all. Yeah. And, and I just became a huge, huge fan. This is going to be an interesting episode because I, I find myself really tongue-tied because I am a little overwhelmed with the idea that I, I have to produce something this time around that's got to serve well for his memory. I, I, I hope I can do it. All right, so let's move on. Shannon, can you give us some basic album facts about Damn the Torpedoes? Okay, so Damn the Torpedoes is the third studio album by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It was released on October 19th, 1979 on Backstreet Records and distributed by MCA Records and reached number two on the Billboard charts and went on to become certified triple platinum by the Recording Industry of America. It was recorded at Sound City, Van Nuys, Cherokee Studios in Hollywood. It was produced by Jimmy Iovine and Tom Petty. All right, so now I'm going to give the lineup card for this record. We've got Tom Petty, lead vocals, rhythm guitar, and harmonica, and his band, The Heartbreakers. We have Mike Campbell, lead in rhythm guitars, some keyboards, and some bass guitar. Ben Montench, keyboards and backing vocals. Ron Blair on bass guitar. Stan Lynch, drums and backing vocals. Okay, it's time to go into the track-by-track analysis. Kicking off the album is track number one, Refugee, written by Tom Petty and Mike Campbell. What do you think about Refugee? This is an awesome song, and it was a big hit from the album. Um, It's a powerful intro. You got every instrument like launching into it right off the cuff, and it's it's a really cool tune. You can sing along with it. That's what you love about Tom Petty in general. You can just sing along with his music. It's well written too. I mean, it's it's an interesting song. It's one of his signature songs. I mean, it's damn near perfect. What's cool about this band? You don't get there's no showboating. Jim Keltner plays some uncredited percussion on this. I don't know exactly what he does, but he's on here somewhere. Tom's vocal, it's alternately sympathetic in the verses, but then it gets more urgent in the pre-chorus and chorus. It's funny, sometimes when he raises the pitch of his voice, he, that southern mm-hmm. twang does come in, though, you know, it don't really, he, he, he almost gets some more <laughs> of that, some twang when he when he gets a little more urgent in his with his vocals. Yes. I love the backing vocals. Don't have to live like, what a great Agreed. hook that is, it's great. Oh, man. The whole chorus is, is a hooker. I mean, it's, it's, just <laughs> the whole chorus a is a hooker. 
hooker. Wow. I'm totally like bringing that back in. (laughs) Yeah, that hooker chorus, it really kind of hooks you in. I mean, it's just so catchy. His vocal style is so great. I, I just love it. Lyrically, it seems to be about a guy who's with a girl who came out of a bad relationship. Like maybe she's damaged goods, but Tom's going to yeah. treat her right and she won't have to feel alone and afraid. I'm here for you. That's sort of right. what I get from it. This was yeah. the second single off the album. It peaked at number yes. 15 on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart. Moving on now to track number two, Here Comes My Girl, written by Tom Petty and Mike Campbell. Another powerful song, and I remember hearing it on the radio. It's so sweet. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I love the way that he sings that chorus. is just so... Tom said the I... chorus was inspired by the birds, and it sounds like it. You know, the guitars have that jangle, yeah. which, is a, which is a heartbreaker thing that they do a lot, too, have those jangling guitars. Yes, it's a great song. It just is. I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be somewhat hard to talk about him in a lot of ways, because all I can really say is, like, all I can say is that he's really good. It's brilliant songwriting. It's incredible. It's a guy who hates most of his regular life until he sees his girl coming and then everything's all right. She makes life worth living. I yes. love the little, where he goes, oh, watch a walk. I just love little touches <laughs> like that. I don't want to compare him to David Lee Roth, but he does like his own little monologue type stuff. He's in, talking in, in small in doses. He's talking in yes, the verses. Yes, exactly. So cool. It is so yeah, cool. But he does it with such style. It's so unique. It just it's, fits it's really so good. perfectly. This was the third single from the album. It peaked at number 59 on the Billboard Hot 100. What the <laughs> fuck? 59? Are you joke. fucking kidding me? I know, right? That, yeah, whatever. This is one of his great songs. This is bullshit. 59. <laughs> and it is, again, when we were talking about earlier about like, you know, how we came across Tom Petty, we always had the radio on as kids. He was always there in the background, and I sure. just didn't know that. And this is one of his this staple of songs. songs. Number 59. Absolutely. What the fuck? It's shit. Fuck everybody. You know what? But he broke out in Europe first. America takes a while to come around sometimes. Dumbasses. Next up, we have Even the Losers, written by Tom Petty. Talk to me about Even the Losers. This is a very cool tune. I don't believe it was, I don't know, was it ever released? No. As a, as a, I didn't think so, and it could have been. It should have been. I mean, Everybody knows it is. this song. Everybody knows this song, and, and I like the theme of it. Again, the instrumentation in it is excellent. He sings it beautifully. Is it unbelievable and, how this record starts off? It's just a series of yeah. number one hits all across the board. It's like, that, that's a rarity. But again, this was, like you said to me, this is their breakout album. Yes, it is. You know, this is really where he blows up. It's just awesome songwriting. The lyrics are just so good. Yeah, I he is Dylan song. S. This is my favorite song on the record. I even love the little musical loop 
loop that begins this thing. And then you it's just the normal noises in here. I don't know who says that. <laughs> it's a mid-tempo rocker. Rocks a little harder than Here Comes My Girl. Ron Blair's bass is prominent, especially in the verses. <laughs> you know, it's got a good non-flashy solo from Mike. Tom looks back fondly on an old relationship that when it ended, it hurt him. You know, you can hear the pain in his voice when he's singing. You know, he's living in the past. He identifies with a loser. But hey, you know, even they get lucky sometimes. <laughs> you know, Tom Petty's pretty funny. Yes. He's always for the underdog. He's like a champion for them. Now it's on to track number four, Shadow of a Doubt, A Complex Kid, written by Tom Petty. thoughts on this? I think this is where we're starting to slow down a bit. Of course, the big three already happened. I mean, mean, the intro into the album is so huge. This song has almost like a 50s feel to it for some reason for me. I don't love it, but I certainly do not dislike it. It's still very good. The songwriting's excellent, and it's consistent with the rest of the album. I don't have a lot to say about it. It's a good rock and roll song. You know, the Heartbreakers provide strong musical bedrock. It's got great production with all the instruments clear, each part servicing the song. They're meshing with the other parts. It's what the Heartbreakers do. There's some conga percussion in there. To me, it's about a guy who thinks his girl loves him, but she plays with his head a little bit, always leaving room to doubt her, keeping him strung along long it's a good song i agree that the first three are so good that this one does pale a little bit but it's still a strong song (laughs) you know it keeps the record moving forward no doubt i like it it's a solid song it's not one of my favorites and that's fine that's still really good i like that description of it solid solid tune the next song is century city written by tom petty your thoughts on this it's a good song it's consistent it works with the rest of the album it's a good rock and roll tune yeah it's faster it's, Rock's it's right harder. it's fast paced again i like the instrumentation on it and he sings beautifully i hear a heavy rolling stones influence in this song do you uh-huh. know what century city is no i looked it up online and this is what it said century city is a 176 acre neighborhood and business district in los angeles county's west side outside mm. of downtown los angeles Century City is one of the metropolitan area's most prominent employment centers, and its skyscrapers form a distinctive skyline on the west side. The district was developed on the former back lot of film studio 20th Century Fox, and its first building was opened in 1963. There are two private schools, but no public schools in the neighborhood. Important to the economy are the Westfield Century City Shopping Center, Business Towers, and Fox Studios. So basically, what I think this is, it's a section of Los Angeles where Fox Studios was headquartered, and they kind of yes. built a mini city around it. A city! Yeah. Yes! A city within the city. I find that kind of disturbing. Let's face it, I mean, that, that's a lot of money. And yeah, it's private, well, like you said. There. There's yeah, nothing, yeah, there's there's nothing public, there. really, sure. about it. With this song, I am not sure what the lyrics mean exactly. To me, they're mm-hmm. not clear. 
What I read online about the lyrics is that Century City was where Petty's lawyers were located, and then it has to, <laughs> and that the song has to do with his fight with MCA. Yes, he's already embroiled in it. Right. It's already happening. And I love this about Petty because he, he sets, he really does set a precedence here for the music industry in general. You're right. Maybe that's what it is all about. I think I it might be, idea. especially the third verse kind of tips it off that that's what this is about. So this is like the shorthand for all you listeners who don't know this about what we're referring to. Tom Petty fought with his record company. His recording contract was assigned to MCA Records when his distributor, ABC Records, was sold to MCA in 1979. So he signed to a small label. They got sold to a big label. Petty contended that his contract could not be assigned to another record company without his permission and was therefore avoided. The record companies fucked artists big time. They took a huge All the time. Yes. Fucked them out of music publishing. Fucked them out of royalties. All that kind of stuff. And Petty wanted to fight that. He wanted to leverage the move to MCA, and he wanted a new recording contract. And he won, and that's how Backstreet Records came about. Right. MCA responded by suing Petty for breach of contract, which prompted Mm -hmm. him to declare bankruptcy bankruptcy as a tactic to avoid his contract with MCA. He ended up signing a new recording contract with Backstreet Records, an MCA subsidiary label. Yes. And, you know, it was awesome what he did because, again, like I said before, it set a precedence. Right. Because other artists, they saw that this isn't right. Right. That you can take on these giant companies and come out on Absolutely. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. And he would would do this again, too. This song, though, is my least favorite on the record. So Mm -hmm. this makes this one... Aaron's Stinky Stinker. So let's flip the album over, and now we come to Don't Do Me Like That, written by Tom Petty. Then it said you better watch your step, or you're gonna get hurt yourself. Someone's gonna tell you lies, cut you down a size. Do you like this song? This is my favorite song on the album. And <laughs> you know what? It, honestly, it might be most people's favorite. Don't you just love the way that it comes with that? Ding, 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 ding. You know, we got Ben Mont doing his keyboard thing. Yeah, he's pounding and the piano. Don't Do Me Like That is an awesome song. I love the way he sings it. In fact, I love to sing along with it. It's powerful. It punches big time. Don't do me like that. And it's, <laughs> it's just so, so good. Such a catchy There's that chorus. baby, baby. Oh, it's so catchy. And I get why this was, you know, a really big single. This I mean, is it one should of those have songs, been. The first second into the song, you know exactly what it is. And you're going, yeah. All the right. drums and the keyboards. Yeah. yeah. The organ comes in after with the yep. bass. And it's like, wow. Okay. This has such a groovy feel. Yeah, it's organ groovy. organ drills are great. I love the little guitar lick at the end. Don't do me like, no, no, no. Don't do me like, yes. Nah, nah, nah. I love that. Mike always provides. He's so he's tasteful. He's always there. So he is tasteful. so tasteful. Yep. He's a great guitar player. Yes. He really is. Tom's buddy's telling him his girl dumped him and he's warning Tom it could happen to him too. So Tom, I think he gets a little worried about that and he's telling his girl not to do the same thing to him. You know, don't do me like that. He's worried. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? You can hear it in the music. Yes. The music 
reverberates it. It's it's so funny. You can you can just like oh boy, it does sound like a warning signal. It's very very interesting the way that they go about it. And this yeah, this is my favorite song on the album. This was the first single it. off the album. It reached number yep. ten on the Billboard Hot 100. It was their first should have been higher top ten hit. You know, and it's funny. I should have gone back because I, I knew this was a big hit, but I it should have been in the top five easily. Moving on, we come to You Tell Me, written by Tom Petty. about this one i like the chorus a lot in this one yeah i do too i think it's a very very good song it has a little bit more of a bluesy feel to it and i like that that slide into that chorus it's really cool i love the bass line in this song it's interesting because it kind of moves around it's not just a straight bass line and then i looked it up and it turns out that this is the one song ron blair didn't play on this is donald (laughs) duck dunn the great Stax session bass player. He also played with Booker oh. T and the MGs. He's like one of the great rock bass players ever. This has been a really difficult podcast yeah. for me. Yeah, we're having um, a hard time with this one. This song has a darker vibe. Tom was a master of these kind of tunes, so he always had one or two like this on his records where it was a little darker, a little moodier. The guitars right. are a little understated in this one. They swell up and down. The organ does that too. There's some slide guitar in here too, which also is in service to the right. mood. And there's some space. You got to give it some space to let it breathe a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, oh, that's really well put. Yeah, and the yes. instruments kind of swell to emphasize the tension in this song. Um, mm. The lyrics are really desperate. It's from a, a desperate man who'll do anything to keep his girl from leaving him. Like, what can I do to keep you? You tell me. I'll do anything. Petty sang about love a lot. He did. And, you know, I, I can't imagine what it had to have been like to be traveling and touring the way that they did. So who knows? He seems to just be about relationships. He saw some things during his life that probably shaped him. And I'm certainly yeah. his romantic relationships. And I think he was able to channel that into his songwriting. This is an overlooked gem. I really like this song a lot. It is a good tune. And when people think about this album, most people aren't going to talk about this song. But I do think that this one is the one, if you really give it a chance, it's going to sink in. Yeah, I agree with that completely. The next track is What Are You Doing In My Life? Written by Tom Petty. Tell us about what are you doing in my life? Right now, I'm kind of like screwing up this podcast, but um, it's a really cool tune. (laughs) It's rock and roll. It's fast paced. This is a very Stones type of feel to it. Like Century City. Yes. The same type of idea. All over it, including the solo is a slide guitar solo. Yeah, the band can do these in their sleep. Almost every record has Uh songs like these. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. They can crank these out like nothing. Right. And we talked about fillers in different episodes. Yes. And of course... Every album is going to have them. You cannot have a string of just like number one hits. Right. Although Petty could have come close. He probably could. Honestly. Probably could He have. could have. Yeah. I do like this song. Again, I you know, you, you talked about having a stinky stinker. I'm not sure that I really have one. 
we're sitting here. I'm thinking about them. I'm like, yes, I know this song. And it is Stones like and I can hear it now in my head. But it's like every time we come across the, the next track, I'm like, he's well, an overwhelming great, songwriter. Yeah, this one's got that great honky tonk style piano from Dem- Yeah, from You know, again, you can hear the influences just bleeding through. Yeah. It's it's incredible. So much country, so much blues. There's a little bit of jazz in there every now and again. It's yeah. it's interesting. It's a filler type. Track. It's not a powerhouse. Right. right. But it's got I a mean, great shot along chorus. The lyrics are about a female stalker who's following Tom and disrupting yes. his life, and he just wants her gone. You know, get out of my life. Yes. What are you doing? It's a good song. And now it's the final track on the album, Louisiana Rain, written by Tom Petty. Give us your thoughts on this one. This is an interesting one. Um, the keyboards are kind of confusing to me because it's a country tune. So I'm, I'm kind of confused about the intro. The song itself is beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I think it sounds lovely and it's a great ending to it. It kind of gives me that Willie Nelson type of feel. Yeah. I got like the California rock, like the Eagles. I sort of get that kind of vibe from it, although I think this is superior to the Eagles. Yeah, there are tons of slide guitar all over this thing. This one is, the lyrics are obscure for me. I can't really get what it's about, but it feels like a road song. He brings up different places and there's a sadness to it. There's loneliness. That would be apt, actually, because, I mean, again, I mean, he sings mostly about relationships. Maybe there's a little bit of burnout for him at this point, too. He's fighting the record company. He's got all of this stuff going on outside of the album. And when it finally gets resolved, there's relief. Right. But up to this point, it's like, is there any end in sight? Yeah. I think it's lovely. It, I, I do hear the country. And for whatever reason, Willie Nelson keeps popping into my head. It's a country It's ballad. a country tune. And it's somber. You know, I, Louisiana rain falling just like tears, running down my face, washing out the years. I mean, that's pretty and prob- sad. Oh, Jesus, his yeah. words. It's heavy. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, I read that this was an older song from the Mud Crutch days. So oh, wow. it might be something that he just pulled back in and reworked. Uh, sonically, this almost doesn't quite fit on the record. Maybe, Shannon, that's why they have that weird keyboard intro. Maybe it separates this from the rest of the record and, and sort of like a transitional mood it, piece. That's the only yeah, thing I can you, think of. No, and that, you know what? You make a valid point here, and that could really be what the case was. And again, I've listened to this album over and over and over again. And for whatever reason, every time we come up on a track, I'm like, I don't know what to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> but this Except is another that, type of song that they could do very, very well. It just feels like it was effortless for this guy. I put him up I there, Bob Dylan. You sure. have to. He would never agree with that, probably. No, he wouldn't. I know. But he is. I'm putting you up on that fucking pedestal, Mr. Tom. I am too. I'm doing the same. And maybe that's why we've had a little bit of trouble tonight. Maybe we're just being human. Now the track by track analysis is over. We're going to go into our album ratings. For you new listeners, it's a zero to five system with five being one of our favorite records all the way down to a zero, which is dog shit. So Shannon, how do you feel about Damn the Torpedoes? Oh, it's a five, easily. It's like a string of hits. It's, it's incredible. Even like if you go and look at some of the songs that are weaker, really, are they weak? Not so much. No. The band is 
phenomenal. They are so cohesive. It's just really great songwriting. And who cannot relate to this? Right. Honestly, you and I, in our, our personal lives, we've been there. He relates to everybody. Just a great musician and band leader. The Heartbreakers are a crack rock band. They complement his songs perfectly. This one gets an easy five from me. Now I'd like to mention a podcast that I enjoy listening to. It's called Rock Solid, hosted by comedian Pat Francis. It's been around a long time, and he has a rotating group of funny co-hosts each week as they pick a musical topic and talk about it while they're cracking jokes. It's funny and entertaining, plus they really are music fans who know their shit. So that's Rock <laughs> Solid with Pat Francis Podcast. Dig it. And that's going to do it for this episode. You can find this podcast on iTunes, so if you're an Apple user and you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review of it there. If you take the time to do that, we'll read your review right here on the show. For you Android users, the podcast is available on Stitcher. You can leave comments and reviews there, too, and we'll read your reviews on the show from there as well. If you'd like to contact us directly, we can be reached at RidiculousRockRecords at gmail.com and also on the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews Facebook page, where there is a link to hear each podcast, including the Siblings on Record branch of the show. You want to come on the podcast and talk about an album with us? Shoot us an email. We'll set it up. We're always looking for guests to host the show with us, and we would also welcome any requests or suggestions for albums to cover. Feel free to leave all of your feedback, comments, reviews, and or suggestions at any of those places I just described. We'd love to hear from you. And finally, we here at Siblings on Record salute the life and career of Thomas Earl Petty and his glorious band, The Heartbreakers. Tom, though your time here may be over, your music will live on for all time to come. Rest in peace. For Siblings on Record, I'm Aaron. And I'm Shannon. Bye, everybody. Bye, thank you. Restaurant, we're serving cake pussy and cake booby.